Hey everyone, welcome to Unsafe Space. Uh, I'm Carter Laren and I'm with, as always, the bad Mama Jamma. Say something, Carrie. Carrie Smith. Good morning, Carter. This is much earlier than we've ever talked. <laughs> yes, we're not live though, so no one will know that it's early. Yes. It is early for us. We're going to start doing this thing. We're going to try and start doing this thing where we do short shows um, every day. We'll see how this goes. This is the first one. Um, so it's not deprogrammed, so we can talk about whatever we want, although we'll probably end up talking about social justice for fun. Um, so yeah, this is, this is our attempt to do this. And uh, they'll be a lot shorter than regular shows, but they'll, we'll try and do them daily. We'll still do the deprogrammed stuff, but we'll be doing, hopefully we'll be interviewing someone interesting every week. I want to say who we're interviewing this week, but it's not totally confirmed, so I'll shut up. Um, also, this doesn't have to be. I think we could go beyond the scope of social justice in this, right? Because this is like. That's what I mean. Yeah, this could be. Yeah, a, we could be. This, we're going to. You guys can help us come up with a name, maybe. I was saying we should call it Kafefi with Carter. <laughs> yes. Harry. I love the Kafefi. <laughs> Kafefi talk. I, just don't, I don't want to tie ourselves to Trump too much, but. Uh, <laughs> so I don't. We haven't even prepped for this show because there's been so many technical problems and it's early in the morning and there's been lack of sleep. But. Um, what do you want to talk about, Carrie? The thing that's in the news that I'm noticing is this, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. My heart broke for the Notre Dame Cathedral thing. Uh, Actually, can you catch me up on it? Because I literally had the busiest day yesterday. I did not go online except for once, and I didn't know what was, I thought they were talking about Notre Dame University. And then no. last night I was trying to catch up. So what, what is the current, what do we know? Notre Dame, as far as I know, we don't know why. Um, Notre Dame, the cathedral burned. All of the woodwork inside is gone. The spire fell. Two towers, they say, were saved and some stained glass and stuff was saved. But uh, yeah, that's as, as far as I know, that's what's going on right now. And they don't know, they don't know what started the fire. They think it's wow. But um, it's, you know, in light of, it's probably, I mean, it probably, we'll assume it's an accidental fire, but in light of the whole uh, culture battle for Western civilization, it's a pretty uh, impactful visual to look into, especially in France, right, which has been the center of a lot of the, the conflict. Um, culturally, it's, it's kind of a, it's a big deal. It's impactful to look at pictures of Notre Dame yeah. on, up in flames and the spire falling. Um, so, yeah. So, so here, when I first heard about it, I, I logged on for a second on Twitter and I saw Paul Joseph Watson had tweeted something about that these are, this is real time people smile face, like laughing reacts to what's happening at Notre Dame. And, uh, and it was a, a scrolling graphic of people just doing the laughing face. And that's why I didn't, I was like, why are people laughing that this is happening? Even when I thought it was the college, I didn't understand. Um, but I don't later, understand that. Yeah. Well, I looked at it last night and it wasn't all, there, there was a good percentage of people who appeared to be uh, Muslim on their laughing, but there were also other people who were not. And I, I think it was just people who were laughing now knowing the story. I think it's just people who thought it was funny that uh, people would, that, that other people might be upset that this historic landmark is burning. Well, but Paul Joseph Lawson, I would imagine we would be upset, right? Yeah, he's upset. He was, he was highlighting people who thought it was funny that oh, oh, oh. Notre Dame is burning. Like yeah. who laugh at this kind of thing. So that yeah, really, you know, I've seen some people laugh at it. Yeah. It really confused me. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, you can find everything on Twitter. Lots of, uh, lots of hate. But I, I don't know that the, um, 
I kind of want to, can we talk about the Elon Omar thing again? Because we talked about it on Deprogrammed last week. And unless there's anything the, else in Notre Dame you want to talk about. I just don't know what else to say. Burn Elon, out. is this the guy that runs Tesla? No, no. I'm joking. Elon Omar. Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's too early to joke. <laughs> yeah, she was on Joe Rogan smoking pot talking about her. Uh, oh, by the way, I did see a, um, I did see someone wrote an article that is, um, spot on with respect to Tesla. I saw it this morning in my Twitter feed. I've been saying for years, I want to get, I never got a Tesla. My wife still wants one, but we've been thinking about a Tesla. We haven't got a Tesla. Uh, but I always wanted to get a Tesla and just have the license plate say coal car because coal is like mostly what provides electricity. So you, by switching to gas, you're basically, you feel really green because you're like, I'm electric. I'm like, yeah, but most of the electricity is produced by coal. So good job. Um, so I, I've always wanted to have like coal car. And I've always thought that like it, it, the, the electric vehicle subsidies were a weird thing because only rich people take advantage of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, Poor people don't buy Teslas. So um, there was an article today that was basically saying, hey, this electric vehicle subsidy is like a subsidy for wealth inequality. Like, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, it is. But everyone in San Francisco will argue against it because we're all, we're all above uh, average income. And uh, apparently, according to South Park, everyone here likes to smell their own farts and drives electric vehicles. So <laughs> we're, all about, we're all about the electric vehicle subsidy because we're doing good. And we yeah. can our Teslas. You guys are slowly changing Austin to quit coming here. Just stop. I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> I extend an invitation. Oh, I'm not. It's, when I leave California, <laughs> and I will leave California, Austin, uh, it used to be on my short list. But uh, I think Californians have already ruined it. I think they're ruining Colorado as well. So I've got to find someone more re- somewhere more remote, like Montana. But uh, Or I'll just, you know, <clears throat> I'll get a shack underground in Alaska somewhere <laughs> Um, okay, so Elon Omar. Yes, thank you. Elon, this is such a great first <laughs> daily show. Um, Elon Omar, so we talked about this last week. I think people, uh, in general, it's the left that does this, that takes things out of context and goes crazy. So I don't, you know, I, I want to paint my opinion here in, in the context of that. Like, yes, the left normally goes ape shit, and we'll talk about that happening again in a minute. Um, but the conservative, like a lot of conservatives got upset at some comments she made at care where she said some people did something, uh, and after she was talking about nine 11 and she said like, some people did something and now we are losing our rights. She's meaning Muslims, you know, losing their rights. It was a bullshit statement. Like the Muslims, no one was losing their rights. So she's like full of crap and I, and I dislike her and care. That's but, the worst part of what she said, actually. Nobody's focusing on that. that yeah. The lie, the lie that was there. Yeah, a total lie, right? Um, no one, you weren't losing any rights. But um, in the context of what she said, you under, I, kind, I understand why she said some, some, you know, some people did something, meaning like some people in our, in our community, but not us, they did something, something bad, right? And, and she just kind of said it and moved down. Now, was it, was it the nicest way to go about saying this or like the most... Uh, sensitive way no and it like yeah so i get to be a little bit annoyed by it but it's not something that we're is worth blowing up but you know a lot of conservatives blew up people got upset about it um i think partly because there's this outrage culture outrage culture that the left has already so they get upset about every little thing so when the, a lot of people on the right see something to get upset about they're like aha we can make this look really really bad um 
So anyway, well, it's that thing of trying to hold, it's trying to hold the left. Uh, what's the Saul Alinsky, the book for radicals. It's, it's like trying to make them play rules for the radicals. rules for radicals. So there are pe- a lot of people I've seen on the new, what I would call the new right people who get falsely called alt right by the, by the left, but people in the new right who would say that, who I've seen say we want, I want to, you know, we want to start making the left. We want to hold them accountable to their own rules. So they go, if they, if they fly into a faux outrage over something and purposefully take it out of context and uh, construe the worst possible meaning to it, then we're going to start doing that to them. Or if they form online mobs and come after people on the right for tweets and try to get them fired, then we're going to form online mobs and go after them, like go after James Gunn, for example, try to get him fired. I, I understand why they're doing it. Absolutely. I understand the desire to, to try and, uh, force hypocrites to live by their own rules. However, this is a philosophical thing I'm about to say, and you, you may or may not agree with me. I don't believe, I don't believe that doing that is good for your soul or for your cause because it turns you into a hypocrite as well. Because how can you say that forming a mob to fire people is wrong if you're willing to do it? Or how can you say that uh, taking something out of context and, and blowing up? Yeah you know, faux outrage is wrong if you're willing to do it. I, I understand wanting to do it. I'm just thinking slowly over time, you might lose yourself. You might, you might forget what it was you were trying to say anyway, because now you're engaging in all the things you thought were shitty. Right. Behaviors. This is the Nietzsche, the Nietzsche quote that you love. Um, I love that yeah. quote. Yeah. Be yeah. careful. Yeah. Be careful fighting monsters lest you become the monster. Like you're, yeah. cause you're, you're now willing to engage in the behavior that you're trying to um, oppose. So where does that stop? Yeah. So I, I, um, I have a mixed, mixed feelings about that. Um, the, on the one hand, uh, you know what feelings are irrelevant. It doesn't matter what my feelings are about it. I'm confused mentally and intellectually about what to think about this. Uh, so part of it is I look at that and I say, okay, well, part of what's made the left effective is the, is Solinsky's rules for radicals. Um, which just, just a summary of this particular rule is you hold, you don't have any rules to which you hold yourself accountable, but you hold the other side accountable to all the things that they proclaim that they, uh, care about or value. Um, and that's been very effective for the left. And I, so I understand that the, the, what I see is the frustration on the right. There's been, um, the right has been wimps to a large extent for decades by not challenging the, the, um, the rules at all that the left claims to have, right? Right. Um, and so they've now kind of gone the other way and be like, well, fine, we're going to hold you accountable to all your rules. Uh, you know, I don't know if it, I don't, I don't want to comment on the soul uh, and whether it's bad for your soul or your, your psyche. But, you know, I think ultimately there's nothing wrong with saying, look, these are your rules and by your rules, you're a hypocrite. Yes. But I think you need to be explicit and say that's what you're doing. Because if you just start playing by their rules quietly, I do agree with you. You kind of, it's hard to then take the moral high ground because, like, well, now what have you, how are you any different? Right. Exactly. How are you any different? Like, well, yeah, that's a bad idea, but you're doing it too. But it's okay to do it. I think it's okay to do it if you call it out explicitly and you say, like, look, um, we're going to try and get you fired to prove a point to prove a point because this is what you would do, but we don't actually agree with our own actions. We're just doing this because this is what you say you want, but you have to be really, really explicit. So I don't know. The, the other thing is, um, 
I've well, you, made, you made me. I'm, and uh, I, I really like it. And I've, this is actually something that I've, I've talked to my daughter about, like, growing, like as a kind of rule of thumb. There's this idea that you like, there's the golden rule, like treat others as you want to be treated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a, that's a great starting place for when you meet others for the first time and interact with them. It's actually a, a horrible poison pill for self-sacrifice and self-destruction if you don't, uh, if you don't adjust it. So the, the kind of adjusted version that Molyneux talks about, which I really like, is um, you treat others, when you first meet them, you treat others how you want to be treated. You treat them kind of golden rule, right? Mm-hmm. After that, you treat them like they treat you, right? Like you don't have to keep your stand. You can treat them nicely if you want to, but you're allowed to lower your standards because um, if they're, and, and this kind of makes sense from like a, if they're trying to, physically attack you, you oh well obviously you can defend yourself if they're lying to you like you don't have a right that you don't have to give them the truth they're manipulating and lying to you you no longer owe them the truth the issue with a lot of this stuff uh that you're talking about uh, that the right is doing is they're not doing it in a private context with another person they're doing it publicly and they're and they're doing it by they're and they're setting examples by how they're doing it so um i think in a private conversation with the leftist um, with, with no one watching, if you're holding them to their rules and you're, uh, adopt, you say, fine, I'm going to adopt your strategy. And you don't, you don't have to really talk about why you can just do that. And it's fair back to them. But if you're doing it in the context of a public figure and you're now you're setting an example, you have to kind of call out what you're doing and be very clear. Like, I don't agree with this, but I'm doing it to demonstrate this person is a hypocrite. And, and I think that is important. I don't know. I, th- I think that personal distinction, well, I can kind of see what you're saying, but I think that's rife with abuse too. Even if it's in personal and private, like if you lie to me, it's okay for me to lie to you. Actually, I don't think it's good for me to lie to you. So uh, it, there's a way to uh, maybe not give you, I know I'm just saying this is a more of a philosophical thing, but it's like, it's like how you said the, uh, the Solinsky rules for radicals has done very well for the left and it has, but that also made me think of this uh, Bible verse, which is, um, uh, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Mm-hmm. And it's like, so what kind of destruction are you doing to yourself? And again, I totally hear what you're saying. I, within, I, I completely, yeah, you don't deserve to, to treat them. They don't deserve for you to treat them the way you want to be treated, the way you want to be treated. I completely agree. But there have to be some checks there. It's like, if they're, yeah, if they're so well, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, I'm talking about what they deserve at that point, what you're allowed right. to do. Right, the I next, get it. The next thing you have to filter in is like, what's good for you to do? What's good for you? I actually yeah. think you and I can have a separate discussion about um, what lies are, because uh, I think lie is a word that we use to our children and we use generally that no one really thinks about what they mean when they say lie, because they run around saying lying is bad, but then they tell white lies all the time and it's not clear why are those good and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Um, I actually, we could have a whole discussion about that, but probably not before you go to work this morning. Um, uh, I have to take a bathroom break, actually. <laughs> okay, well, go, t- go take a bathroom break it's and beauty, come back. The beauty that we can, I can leave for a minute and we can... Re- yeah, we can edit, okay. but I'm going to leave this part in where you say you have to... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. Hi. Sorry, welcome thanks. <laughs> that was great. Oh, Thank back. you. <laughs> By the way, uh, I'm looking at this note uh, while you're on your bathroom break. I'm looking at this Notre Dame, the status right now, like as of three minutes ago, uh, from what I can see. The whole roof um, and the spire were destroyed. Uh, the choir and nave are damaged. 
the three rows windows and two bell towers are safe. Wow. That's, that's where we are. Um, There's a great conversation to be had at some point about uh, uh, beautification and the destruction of beauty and architecture. I've heard a few different people talk about this. I Paul Joseph Watson being one of them. He's got a whole video or maybe two on it, but um, I wasn't that familiar with like the the history. I don't I don't know that much about architecture. But if you if you look back through uh, some of what like the communists did in terms of in terms of destroying certain classic structures and then putting up these ugly beehive looking. Mm-hmm. buildings where it, it makes people almost psychologically feel like they're cattle or they're bees, you know, reporting sure. into these little hives. And uh, anyway, there's some interest. There's an interesting discussion to be had about that at some point, I think, because I found it fascinating. And- yeah, no, I agree. And, and the um, communism tends to, at least a lot of the communist regimes I know, like tend to do that. They tend to try and they don't like any uh, other they don't like any cultural history. So they tend to try and get like, get rid of the cultural history that includes Christianity. If it's, if it's um, uh, in the West and it includes uh, like in China and includes like a lot of things that, you know, the Chinese cultural history, um, not completely. I, I don't think they destroyed it as much as the West did um, or as much as the Soviet Union did. But um, well, here in Austin, it not to equate it. I'm just, it made me think of it because they're currently doing a lot of renovation on, well, all over Austin, but also on South Congress, which had some really beautiful old buildings. They're putting in, uh, like, uh, I think they're putting in a Soho house and like a <laughs> private members club. Yeah, and no, they're I also like the Soho house. kind of. Okay. I can't, but you know, it's going to change the neighborhood. And then, yeah. but then they're like, Google is building a huge campus in Austin and, Apple is building one in Williamson County. And I saw pictures of the Google building and someone pointed out, I forget who, so I'm sorry, I can't name which friend said that, but someone pointed out that the, the visions of, for the Google building look like the description of the ministry of truth in 1984. <laughs> 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 sorry. And brave new world. Uh, so anyway, that uh, I was like, Oh yeah, that's really ugly. Who wants to live in a place like that? So, well, so, beautification like if you look at the catholic one thing i liked about going to catholic churches which i had never i wasn't raised in the catholic faith so having a friend take me to those in the past few years that was really cool because i was just so different and um and i had always kind of looked on i i just oh the catholics i just had this kind of opinion of they spend too much money on beautification or on the way things look and but then seeing it and trying seeing it in a new light about like there's something about being in a beautiful place that elevates the soul in a way. So you could view it as, no, they're putting all this money into these beautiful structures because they're paying, they're glorifying God. Like they're building these, these beautiful houses for worship. And not that you need a beautiful house to worship in, but I don't know. There's something cool about that. Well, I mean, I I do think certainly uh, we could, I mean, this leads into a whole discussion about art. Like art has also been, largely destroyed by the the postmodernists. I mean totally I'm, I'm sorry what you think about Jackson Pollock, but he sucks. It's crap. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> it's crap. But like it's crap. I know someone paid millions of dollars for like sorry, that's a piece of crap. Um and uh but I, the the art we we'd have a whole separate art discussion. But getting back to the architecture really quickly, I think something that um 
I don't find it surprising that uh, the socialists and communists try to debutify things because they are essentially, they view themselves as utilitarian and they also have um, a warped sense of uh, how they view people. They view everyone as like a, a blank slate that can be molded. Like they don't, they don't really believe in uniqueness or individual yeah. people. Um, and so they think everyone, oh, if I just assign this person this job and move them to here, then they will behave this way. Like they, there's no, there's no room. I mean, this is how, this is how. Because um, it's all social construction that they believe it's in. It's all right? social construction, right? This is why, um, this is why, for example, it's part of even the immigration debate, right? Which is like, oh, well, if we just move these people from this border to this border, like they'll behave like these people. And like, n- no, they have a culture and it. <laughs> Like, they, that's that's not what happens. Um, you know, if you move, I mean, you've probably heard this analogy before, but like, if you move all of Japan to Mexico and all of Mexico to Japan, like, you don't get, you don't still have Japan in Asia and Mexico and in America. Yeah. You end they, up with Japan in America and Mexico yeah. in Asia. That's what happens. Well, it's like the same thing with uh, sex, how they want to put like, let's put, let's make sure 50% of people at Google are women or what have you. And then, and then as if women are going to move in there and just be pleasantly as happy or right. They're going to be, yeah. They're not, if you're bringing, I've never understood this argument for, uh, for sex diversity. Anyway, uh, I think actually I heard Peterson point this out. I'm not going to say it as eloquently as he, as he did, but um, if you're saying that you need a woman in there for a woman's perspective, then you're saying that a woman's perspective is is something separate from a man's, right? However, when you bring the woman in there, then you're like, there's no difference at all. Like when, once right. they get in there, they're, and if you talk about sex differences, like there's no sex differences. We're not going to talk about how to make women happier in the workplace for full-time gigs because there's, how dare you say there's differences between men and women. However, the whole reason they're arguing on having women in there is because it's something unique and different about having a woman in there. I yeah. I mean, there's so much hypocritical about how yeah. and, and stupid <laughs> about how, I mean, yeah. I kind of can't wrap my head around that, but anyway. No, I mean, I don't think it's meant to make sense, but, um, but you know, you're, you're, I think that's why, I think that's why you have a lot of bland architecture because they view people essentially as like, blank slate little worker bee cogs all so all left all the left they're all statists like you know and in fact and i'll say this as an atheist most atheists are 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 i wouldn't even call them atheists they're state theists they've replaced god with the state ah interesting and they're just like yes yes god god doesn't exist but uh whoever we voted for they should have absolute control over us and whatever they say is right (laughs) it's like or, or, you know, or the will of the people, which is just, you know, 51% of the people is no different than a dictator, right? right? If, that's, if that's your rule. So, um, people don't understand that though, Carter. I, I, I've noticed this because of the uh, electoral college thing, because now you're seeing all these Democrats pushing to do away with the electoral college. And I started to notice in online discussions, people don't understand that we live in a uh, democratic republic. They, they they think we yeah. live in a and not to go off on a total tangent, but no, there's no, this no. idea. There's this We're idea. Hey, what else is Kafefe mornings for? Kafefe yeah. talk. <laughs> yeah, wow. Is that how you pronounce it, by the way? No, I don't know. That's how I pronounce it. Kafefe. Kafefe. Uh, so 
So there, there's, there seems to be this idea that, you know, no, we're grounded in the belief that majority, like 51%, you know, rules. And I'm like, whoa, that's not the, that's not what we're grounded in at all. It's yeah. representational democracy. And so, uh, it's actually not even really democracy that I would argue that we're not grounded in democracy at all. Um, you th sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. Don't. Tell me what I, I would love to hear. What you I mean, I wrote an article about this, I think 15 years ago, <laughs> um, about democracy and dictatorship being two sides of the same coin. And, and it was bothering me because we were going and invading Iraq and we were saying like, oh, we need to spread democracy. And like democracy is not what makes us great. What made us great as a nation was the recognition that individuals had certain rights and no one could violate them. Not the state, not the king, not 51% of people, not 99% of people. What made us unique was we had this constitution and we we're like, hey, these are individual rights. The, they are inviolable. Like no one can transgress these rights. That's great. No one. Yeah. And like that's what makes us special. Not the fact that we vote. Frankly, I don't care if, if you could imagine a, in a, a political society where there actually was a benevolent dictator, which I don't believe could happen, but if you imagine a benevolent dictator and all he or she did was make sure that those rights were sacred, that would be way better than democracy. Who the hell cares about <laughs> democracy? Like it would be leaps and bounds better than democracy. No one would give a crap about democracy. When we right? eventually have enough haters that, that they want to cut and paste and take us out of they're going to have something of you saying like a benevolent a benevolent dictator is better than democracy there's plenty to take out of context already if they want yeah to. you should pull that old article up because i'd love to read it i think it's very relevant now with all the, this discussion about ele ele the electoral college and and i am this is there there have been several things over the past two years that have terrified me about my own side you know about the left yeah uh, this is one of them. The electoral college thing is terrifying to me. I'm like, what, what are you guys doing? It seems so short-sighted. You, you want to do away with the electoral college because you won the popular vote. You don't see that ever being used against you. It's just like the censorship stuff. You want to, you want to support censorship until what, what about when it turns on you? You don't, you don't see where that could lead. Like it, yeah. it, uh, and the, and not that things shouldn't be approved, improved upon and changed, but something so foundational like that, it, it, I think it takes, it takes the arrogance that I, I, I call it because it's like the 18-year-old arrogance, although I see a lot of people much older than 18 who have it, but it's that kind of arrogance of like, I know everything and I, I know better than the founders of our country and, and I know better than this document that has withstood the test of time and I know, you know, let's do away. It's like the people who say, let's do away with the First and Second Amendment, like, Oh yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and 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 they have and this is a problem that like so I found this I found it, it's from um I had it on Capitalism magazine. So um I don't know. I actually don't know. It's from 2002. I don't know if I actually agree with everything I wrote here anymore. So uh you mean yeah, your I'm opinions gonna, change over time? I'll put a link here. I mean, I used to be uh, actually I I'm I'm very anti-war now and I used to be kind of more on the right in terms of like go to war against those assholes who are screwing us over. And now I'm kind of like more anti -war. Stop bombing people in the middle East. Um, but what year you know, was so, this that you wrote this? This is 2002. Um, it's February, 2002. So it's very shortly after nine 11. Um, right. Uh, so, so I was probably in the streets doing anti-war marches at the same time you were sort of 
I'm yeah, I was I was actually market. probably working at a cryptography startup on Market Street, looking down at people like you who were chaining themselves to <laughs> the intersection of Market Street and New Montgomery. So uh, I appreciate all of the uh, <laughs> that you provided us. Um, but you know, in retrospect, I I probably would have been more on your side um, than 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 I was. But I, I'll put a link to it. But Okay. But yeah, I mean, look, this has been a problem. And I think if you don't, if you don't understand that democracy isn't a magical, like, th- there's nothing moral coming from democracy. 51% of people don't make anything moral. Um, and that's very obvious. Look at the history of the world, like slavery, <laughs> like supported by the large percentage of the population, like lots of things happen that are immoral. So um, anyway, I think, I think that's what they, uh, I don't even know where we were on some tangent, but I don't how we, how'd we get here? Weren't we on architecture? <laughs> we were on architecture. This is what confuffy mornings are for. While my I just feel all confuffied. Yes. Um, <laughs> and breakfast. I thought it was coveef. Is, is it coffee? No, let's change it to confuffy. Yeah. Kerfuffled. Kerfuffled. Kerfuffled is actually a word, isn't it? That is a word. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, we, are we going to, we going to keep, we don't have to talk door- about it. What? Relatively short, short, I imagine, and also uh, not exclusively about social justice and just kind of like catching up with the news and uh, anything viewers want us to talk about. Is that what we're Yeah, doing? I think so. And I want to hear what, what they want us to talk about. And you know, I don't think we need to talk about the other thing. I was going to talk about uh, the Elon Omar thing, but I think we talked about enough. It's probably time to go to work. Uh, we don't need to make it longer. It's not a big deal. Trump put out a video quoting her showing 9-11 and of course the left claimed that this was violence and it reminded me of your halloween costume which i love which says uh that one side of your shirt didn't it say like your silence is violence and the other side said your your uh your, your words word. are violence so your words are violence. I, that reminded me of this because that was like the left was like how dare you how dare you use my words in a video and then show 9-11 and say we will never forget like i mean and and she's literally saying, I got death threats over this. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know what? I have something to say about that. Do you want to watch saw... the video? Can we watch it? Can we show the video if you're going to talk about it? Uh, or no? Well, no, I have something to say about this concept of I got death threats. Oh, okay, okay. 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 Because, because I've seen, I haven't watched that video or whatever, but I've seen her and AOC and just the left, the SJW left in general use this. Oh, we got death threats or we got threatened. Or on college campuses, they will lie. Like in the uh, Wilfrid Laurier thing, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay Shepard, the, the, uh, they were saying that trans kids on campus were being threatened by her speech and by her having, they could never produce evidence of that. It's like, well, show me, first of all, show me the threats, which they couldn't do. But second of all, do you think President Trump doesn't get threats? Do you think that Don Trump Jr. doesn't get threats? Do you think that uh, randos on the internet, like you and I don't get threats? Like it, it's not specific to that. They try to pretend like it's specific. It's just from the right to the left. I have to say I've been in the left for uh, it, specifically in this SJW echo chamber for 20 years, the worst, nastiest, most vile uh, threats and pylons I've seen have actually come from the left towards the right or from the left towards itself. The left loves to eat itself. Um, so, so, and I've seen the ones from the right to the left too, absolutely. But uh, they, they try and pretend like it goes one direction and that it's, it, and that it's really horrible in that direction. And I saw this funny Babylon Bee headline yesterday that said something like uh, uh, Democratic leaders 
promise to stop criticizing Trump until he stops getting death threats. (laughs) 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 Which just put everything in perspective. Yes. So wait, wait, you're, you're, this is actually, um, ah, see, this is why I want to talk about Ilhan Omar because actually it's related to social justice. This is why you have a, a uh, dark skin, I don't know if she's black or Middle Eastern or what, like a dark skin female Somali. Somali. Muslim. Somali. Okay, that's right. You have a dark skin female Muslim. This is why you, you elect them because any criticism of any policy or anything they say, you turn into bigotry, Islamophobia, sexism. You can use all of your, your tools because the entire the left's entire verbal arsenal basically consists of various forms of ad hominem at this point. So like the more you're allowed to use, like if she was a white guy saying that they wouldn't be allowed to say like racist, homophobes, or if yeah. she was like or, um, a Christian, right. They wouldn't be able to say you're racist and you're an Islamophobe and blah, blah, blah. like they couldn't say all that. Um, they shuffle the SJW deck of cards and there's a lot of, she's got a lot of cards. Need, she's deck. like at the top of the pyramid. She's like, yeah. really, I guess she could be uh, trans and she would be better. But, or disabled. Yeah, trans disabled. Um, she may be mentally disabled. Um, but uh, she could be like, you could, you could go better. <laughs> what, what's <laughs> I'm just like, not like that? <laughs> no, I was just like, mentally disabled. We're going to get, we're going to get uh, complaints. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, you know, she married, she married her brother, which is a separate. Are you joking? I don't think it's even denied. I don't think what? they even really deny it. She divorced him. Yeah. What? That's my understanding. Someone correct me. If that's a weird alt-right, like Pepe the Frog 4chan troll meme thing that's not true, tell me. But my understanding is she did. She was married to her brother. You know, I, that's the thing with a lot of these cultures in the Middle East, like cousin marriage and family marriage is not that uncommon. Um, and, uh, you know, hey, it's not that uncommon. If you want, if you want me to get in more trouble, I'm kidding. I will say I'm kidding. Uh, it's not that common, uncommon where? In South Carolina. I'm joking, though. That's just no. a, that's a stereotype. No, so, well, so for me, where I grew up, the joke would be West Virginia. But, uh, you know, um, you can, are, you, are you eating pie? What are you eating? Yogurt? I'm trying to eat it uh, quietly. Can you hear it? <laughs> uh, no, that's fine. So anyway, I, wait, I'll, I, I have this queued up. I want to just play this video while you eat pie for a second. Hold on. Or not pie, <laughs> yogurt. <laughs> Oh my God! What is it? I'll mute myself. No, no, no! I don't think. Oh, maybe I don't know. Hold on, let me try this. Care was founded after 9/11 because they recognized that some people did something. So you have no idea, right? Oh, there's another one. Another plane just hit. (gasps) Some people did something. Oh my goodness, there is smoke pouring out of the Pentagon. Some people did something. It just flew straight into it. Okay, that's my first time seeing that. Yeah, so that's the video that he got in trouble. So, look, I, I get it. It's like using 9-11. It's kind of, it, it, I, it's a jab at her that's maybe not necessary. I don't, I don't not, like it. 
I don't like it either. Like, I, I, there, like, but it's not a threat to her life. No, it's not a threat to her life. But it is. I agree that it's cheap and it's uh, using a tragedy to score a political yes. point, which arguably is worse or on par with what she said. I, I, right. I don't, I don't like it. But I don't like it either. So, but but so, but I wanted to be. I I wanted to show it because um, it's uh. Again, it's what we were talking about before. They're like looking for something to be upset about and, and, and paint her in this horrible light. And frankly, of all people, she's the easiest to criticize. You don't have to pick that particular statement out of context and like show pictures of planes crashing into buildings in order to get people to dislike her. Just talk about her, her, her idiot policies. But right? um, that is a leftist tactic. You're right. They are copying what the left does. Right. They are trying to get to your emotions. Like, so Jonathan right. Haidt talks about your, the, the elephant is your emotional intelligence versus the rider, which is like your rational intelligence and how your elephant steers your rider. They're trying to talk to the elephant. Like they're yeah. trying to stir your emotions with that. Um, but but you're right, there's a, a lot of facts to, well, there's a lot of facts to criticize her on and what we talked about at the beginning. Just talk about the lie. Talk about the lie that Muslims did not lose their rights in the US after that. Right. Don't say that. And, there, and actually, this is from Elon Omar, who's arguing that like she is introducing, I don't know if she did or was about to introduce legislation like to end the quote Muslim ban, which there is not a Muslim ban. There's no Muslim on. ban. Right. So <laughs> you could talk about that. Right. Um, but, you know, as I don't, so I don't like this either for the same reasons that uh, you don't, but I do think it's, um, I do think it's an effective meme. It will speak to uh, a large percentage of his base will will like it and it does exactly what you're talking about it's an emotional argument instead of an intellectual argument and um you know frankly that's how trump won emotional arguments not intellectual arguments like he was the first i he was the first non-leftist in a long time to come along and really do that masterfully um and so and it doesn't it looks like he's just getting better at it because this is like it's a it's a well-done meme like i don't like it but like who would you say is the last one? Because I don't know. Would it be Reagan? The last one on the right to really stir emotion? I don't think anyone has. So I, I'm not actually just talking about stirring emotion. Like, yeah, Reagan can stir emotion. Look, the, the Bushes were boring or dumb or whatever. Like, fine. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess Obama probably stirred emotion. But I, look, I, I think I'm not talking Obama about just definitely stirring. Did. Yeah, but I'm not talking about just stirring emotion. I'm talking about um, really only relying on emotion without even, like Trump never really even articulated policy during his campaign very well, right? He had policy on his website that you could go to and look at, but in terms of his speeches and like how he communicated, he didn't talk about like, well, we need to do this and this and this and this. He just, he, it was all emotional um, language. And, and the, the fact is emotional language in a world full of people who went to public school, emotional language is very effective. Oh and yeah. It's what the left does all the time. It's, it's all, all the, the left does. So Obama right? did that all the time. And I mean, that's yeah. third emotion. I, I say this as someone who voted for Obama twice. Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm laughing because I just, I never watched it. When I was super, you know, SGD, I never watched anything Trump said no speeches, anything. I just like most people on the left, and I'm sure maybe most people on the right do the opposite. I just got my news about Trump speeches filtered through the mainstream media through um, my friends, and and so I didn't watch his stuff. But I've started in the past year. I've started watching a few of his speeches. 
they're kind of funny. They're like WrestleMania. It's like, yeah. it's like you get, there's this excitement and there's like drama and you don't know what he's going to say. And I think what's funny about it is that in a way he's just exposing that it's all like that, except he's so over the top. I was trying to think about what's the difference between a speech of his and a speech of Obama's and a speech of Obama's is just pretending to be more uh, reserved. It may be, you, yeah, more presidential, but it's the same. Yeah. You're there to stir the same emotions and to get people whipped up and to demonize the other side. And it's like all, it's all WrestleMania. Yeah, no, you know what? I totally agree. I think that's super <laughs> accurate because for me, uh, I, I think the left has been doing this. I mean, I think Obama didn't have any great, pol- I mean, he had some policies sometimes, but most of his language, and, and, and it's not just the left, but it's been mostly the left who's been like massively emotional on all of their policies or, or sorry, all of their communication. Mo- much of their communication and campaigning is all emotional. It's all, don't you care about this? Don't you feel for that? It's all yes. stirring up emotions. And, um, and I think, you know, the, the, the people who try and counter that with, well, actually that doesn't work because what you'll do is this and and let's talk about the long-term consequences of blah, blah, blah. People's eyes just glaze over and they go away. And Trump came along and was like, sure, I can like, let's just, if it's going to be an emotional game, let's just make let's just it an emotional. It. Let's just make it WrestleMania. As you said, it's a great analogy. Let's just make it WrestleMania done. Um, <laughs> so, and he even uh, has like the people that come out before him. It's like the other, you know, you're building up to him. And yeah. like, I saw Don Trump Jr. came out and the crowd like, <sighs> like it was, <laughs> it's just yeah. we're getting excited. And yeah. it, I don't know. I just, you're waiting for people to bring out the, chairs and start fake hitting them over yeah. other people okay we're, we're gonna wrap this up now right yeah, we should go now because it's 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 been a while okay um yes <laughs> although but i enjoy talk about more stuff than i expected absolutely so we should probably you know maybe you will like be able to pare it down to shorter stuff <laughs> i don't you probably don't have time to do this every day i'm not sure no I do this was fun well we, we have it's conversations fun. like this on the phone so why not just make this our conver- our phone talks <laughs> yeah we just have to leave out all the uh all the all the personal advice. Yes, uh, the, the, which which goes in one direction. I'm sure you guys can guess which direction. No, that's not true. It okay. goes in the other direction sometimes. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I appreciate um, all your advice. So, uh, <laughs> everyone, go to unsafespace.com. Subscribe uh, on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, Unsafe Space. Thank you for watching. We'll do this again tomorrow at some point. So, uh, yay. Have a good day, guys. Bye.